0: From Yahoo Finance, this is Electionomics. I'm Rick Newman.
1: And I'm Alexis Christophorus. Today, we are talking about what the four early Democratic primary elections will tell us or not tell us about just where the 2020 campaign is headed. And Rick, let's start with, first of all, we've got the four uh, primary elections happening in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. In finally, that, in that we're finally
0: getting to some <laughs> votes. Thank God, it's not all about jabbering in um, debates with 10 people on a stage.
1: I know, I know. I'm sorry, the, I can't contain are, my excitement. we are finally getting get some narrowed votes. down. No, I, I think a lot of people listening to this, including myself, uh, agree with you. Um, Now, there are lots of polls out there. Let's just start with some of the polls in terms of who's leading in which particular state and do they – are they in agreement?
0: Right. So um, when when we're talking about the primary elections, it's actually pretty important to look at the polls in the states where the elections are being held rather than the national polls because they're sometimes quite different. And there are not always a lot of polls in – especially in the smaller states. Now, Iowa obviously gets a lot of attention. Uh, but so here's what we know uh, uh, when, as we're now pretty close to the voting in Iowa. Uh, Bernie Sanders seems to have the lead in Iowa. Well, I'm sorry. I knocked over our dolls. Well, uh, I think all of the candidates just as, were just so as shocked I said, when you
1: said that. The Sandy, they all, the they Sanders all fell over. Even,
0: even the Bernie Sanders doll fell over when but I said Bernie Sanders it. has the lead. Well, I think Elizabeth he, Warren, could it he, really did keel over because uh, she was looking really strong in Iowa last fall. Right. And she basically peaked around October or November, and she's been on a downtrend ever and since. And I'm wondering so,
1: if peaking now is peaking too early. I mean, maybe we don't read too much I into this. I think it's the good Sanders timing surge. for
0: Bernie Sanders. So I'm looking okay. at the uh, the real clear politics uh, uh, aggregation of polling data. And I always like to tell people anybody can look at this, real clear politics polling data Uh, Now shows uh, Bernie Sanders uh, ahead with 25 percent of and that's asking Democrats, who would you vote for? So 25 percent say Bernie Sanders, 22 percent for Joe Biden and then Pete Buttigieg, who uh, looked like he might surge for a while down to 17 percent. And then Elizabeth Warren all the way down in a kind of a distant fourth place at 13.5 percent. So that looks like uh, Bernie Sanders uh, is in a good position, but there's this really important factor that I came across in a uh, this. Now, this is from the uh, American in- uh, Enterprise Institute, AEI. They have a monthly political report, and they point out uh, that there is yet another poll that asks um, likely Iowa voters to. Uh, OK, you think you've made up your mind. If you um, if you're pretty sure that you know who you're gonna, you going you want to vote for, what are the chances that you might still be persuaded to vote for somebody else? Forty five percent say they could still be persuaded to vote for somebody else. Now, that Wait, was, was
1: this in which state was this This in? is in Iowa. Wow. So now, that's this a was in
0: early January. So we're going back a, a couple of weeks here. Um, but even if that begins to narrow, that, I think that tells you how much variation and variability they there it's could be. It's anybody's game. Still. It really is. Yeah. And uh, all right. So I, you know, a lot of Iowa. it depends on things like. What if it snows? I mean, um, you know, generally, Iowa is a very low turnout um, primary, and it's not really a primary. It's a caucus, which is different and requires uh, caucus goers to sort of be involved in this process that begins at 7 p.m. It's not the same as you just just drop by for two minutes. So weather could be a factor. Fill out your vote. Weather could be a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, turnout varies a lot by age, um, other things that might be going on. Um, and, you know, people do ask, like, why is Iowa so important anyway? Um, it's uh, it doesn't really look like the rest of the United States. It's more rural. Um, it's way more white than the rest of the United States. Well, It is
1: the first caucus. So it, it is of the sets first sets caucus. The it is
0: traditionally the first caucus. Iowa wants it to be that way. I mean, they're the ones who schedule it. Um, and that's why all the energy goes there. But um, Iowa doesn't always tell us everything. So let's go back to 2016. And I'm going to put you on the spot and um, offer you a quiz um, and also for anybody who's watching. So on the uh, Democratic side, do you remember who won the Iowa caucus in 2016? I'm, for, for which party? Of uh, Democrats. Th- so it was Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and a few others. Hillary. Hillary won by a whisper. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire uh, uh, pretty resoundingly. And then we no go on to the there. other, other okay. races. Do you remember who won the Republican um, – primary in iowa i should say the republican caucus in iowa in 2016 and i'll even give you a hint it was not donald trump
1: well that's what i was going to say It was not Trump. i don't, know. Donald I don't trump. know who ted cruz oh my goodness okay.
0: and that was the high point i mean uh, i i think he that's just what kind I mean. of you can he kind of went down early in
1: these primaries yeah
0: so it, you know it can tell you something it doesn't tell you i mean I, i've been going back to the history i mean i don't have all this in my head for what it's worth i have to go and research it but so in uh 20, 2008, which was uh, obviously a very interest, interesting year where we had the surging uh, Obama, um, the polls actually showed that um, Obama had a slight lead in Iowa, and he did end up winning Iowa. But guess who was number two in Iowa in 2008 on the Democratic side? And I'll give you a hint here. It was not Hillary Clinton. I mean, it jogs the memories, doesn't it? I, I, rock. It seems like so long ago. Who? John Edwards
1: came what? in second oh, wow. in
0: Iowa in 2008.
1: Now he's just I mean, he he completely off j- the out. map, right? Yeah. And then
0: you'll ne- – no one – I mean you really got to be a political junkie to remember who won on the Republican side in Iowa in 2008. I won't even ask you because you'll never guess. True. Mike Huckabee. Oh, good old Mike. Uh, Mitt Romney was second.
1: Fred Thompson was third. Wow.
0: And John McCain, who ended up being the actual nominee right. in 2008, was fourth.
1: So it doesn't tell us yeah. a lot. Looking at these things, I guess – Singularly doesn't tell us a lot, but but tell me what these polls are showing for what are, What are voters thinking in South Carolina? What are voters so thinking do, in let's, Nevada? Let's
0: do them in order. So uh, so Bernie and so the next one after uh, Iowa is New Hampshire. I think that's eight days after Iowa, and Bernie, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders has a solid lead in okay. Iowa. Just about all the polls show him with a lead of seven to. 12 percent. And remember, Bernie Sanders is from Vermont. Right. Uh, he, you know, he's sort of got That's the cr- crusty northern New England vote. Well, I don't know up. if we
1: should call them crusty. But But
0: okay. then when we get to uh, the next one is uh, what's the next one? Next Nevada. one is Nevada. So I've got him wrong on my computer here. So in uh, Nevada, Joe Biden looks pretty strong. Uh, he's up by, oh, uh, about six points, let's say. OK. Now, you know, anything could change as resources, um, you know, as the candidates start to pour resources in. And then, and then um, where, yeah, uh, Joe Biden is going to win South Carolina. So, South so Carolina of
1: those four states, though, Rick, does one sort of mirror the the larger United States?
0: Right. So, I'll, 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 I'll you know, I'll just quiz quiz our audience. Um, so, of, of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, which looks most similar to the United States racially? Um, think about it for a second when I'll jabber here and I'll say, well, Iowa is 91 percent white. Um, that's voters. New Hampshire, 93 percent white. So it's not either one of those. Uh, Nevada is 59 percent white, which is almost aligns perfectly with the uh, with the national average. And then in South Carolina, only 35 percent of voters are white and 65 percent are black. Um, Joe Biden does really well with black and minority voters, which is why he's probably going to sweep South Carolina. So it sounds
1: like Nevada is the winner there in terms of if you want to get a feel for the broader voter sentiment,
0: which might most uh, accurately represent the country as a whole. I think Nevada is a good one to watch. I looked at um, employment numbers by states to try to figure out um, in terms of the types of industries and workers who are um, how are they represented in Mm. these states? And just a couple of things stand out. Um, Iowa, obviously a more more of a rural state, Um, the data does show Iowa uh, manufacturing is overrepresented in Iowa, and even though we know that Des Moines is kind of a financial um, center these days and there's some insurance there as well, um, professional and business services, that's the category the government follows, underrepresented in Iowa. So Iowa is more manufacturing heavy, and I think that is important to the outcome. And the only other uh, interesting variation, the one outlier with, Las, with uh, Nevada is because of Las Vegas – Nevada is way overrepresented on leisure and hospitality jobs. Sure, that makes sense. That part of the economy is doing well, though.
1: Do you think that these Democratic primaries will give us any clues about health care and how the candidates are getting behind
0: this topic? It's one of the main things I'll be looking for um, because I think of the – I have to shuffle all my papers here to keep my my data uh, in front of me, but of – the differences between the candidates, to my mind, health care – and tell me if you disagree or think otherwise. But health care t- seems to me to be the clearest way to differentiate the candidates um, and among Democrats. Um, I'd say
1: healthcare. Education too, but, yep, health care.
0: So, so combine what we think we know about the candidates and how they diverge and then what issues uh, are most important to Democratic voters – um, so in Iowa, the issues that Democratic voters care most about, healthcare and climate change tied um, at 68 percent, saying that's a top issue. Um, the gap between the rich and poor comes next. That's not the economy and jobs because that's a different category that actually comes lower. Uh, the gap between rich and poor, that's basically wealth inequality and income inequality. Um, interesting, that, interesting to me that that, pe- that people would be that aware of it. Foreign policy actually comes in as the fourth most important issue to Democrats in Iowa. And then the economy comes fifth hmm. after those things. So we've talked before on the podcast that, that the economy is just not important this time around, as important as it has been
1: before. But maybe um, that's because it's doing OK be, yeah. and unemployment. So it, so it's not in the headlines every day. Right. You know, we're not seeing it being bad. It's not gangbusters, but it's certainly not bad.
0: So um, when you connect the issues that people care about with the candidates – and then you see that Bernie Sanders is first and Joe Biden is second in Iowa. Well, that's a very um, clear differ- differentiation on health care. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this before, but just to remind people, Bernie Sanders, of course, and to a lesser extent, Elizabeth Warren, they both favor Medicare for All, the huge government program that would eliminate private insurance and cost a lot of money. And they say they would pay, uh, pay for it by uh, new wealth taxes and basically take all, the, get all the funding for that from wealth taxes. And ordinary people, for ordinary people, health care would be free. Many good reasons to be very skeptical that anything like that would ever be free. And there'd be a lot of disruption from that. Joe Biden, of course, says – no, we're, we, we don't need to eliminate private insurance if everybody – everybody who likes their insurance plan, echo of what President Obama said on Obamacare. If you like your insurance plan, this time we mean it. Mm. You really should be allowed to keep it. But he favors a public option for people who cannot get affordable insurance in the private market. Um, but he would leave mostly everything else in place. So that's a real distinction um, and that, that mirrors other distinctions between Biden who's more to the center and Bernie Sanders more to the left. So, uh, to some extent, the outcome in Iowa on February third—I get the date right—will be um, will be a referendum on um, health care. What con- what side, sort of health plan do voters in Iowa really think we ought to have? You know, we haven't
1: discussed him, but Mike Bloomberg has uh, some of. The, he hasn't said it himself, but uh, one of the people. Uh, as part of his campaign, Brad Tusk was, was on our one of our shows. Yeah, I watched
0: that. That was a good interview yeah, you had with him. Yeah,
1: thanks. And he and he was actually with um, Mike Bloomberg during his third term as mayor, when he was running for that third term as mayor of the city of New York. And he said that, in to Mike's mind, if Biden were to win Iowa, Mike would step back and probably not continue to run. But anybody other he than say Biden- say that
0: outright or just sort of hint at it?
1: I felt like he said it outright. I mean, we'd have to go back and listen, but yeah, yeah that you know, if uh, if anybody other than Biden were to take Iowa, Mike would would remain press in the race. forward
0: in the Democratic race. Yeah. So uh, if let's try to think this through, if Biden wins Iowa, it also depends how by how much he wins Iowa. Mm, yeah. So he if didn't he wins in, convincingly, in mm-hmm. and it, and this this um, Sanders surge that the polls seem to be showing turns out to be kind of a phantom surge. Uh, somebody like Bloomberg might be able to safely conclude Biden's got this mm-hmm. because if he can win by this much in Iowa, uh, he can win in all the other states that matter. By but the way, it's a slim margin. If it's very close, I mean, it is, a, you know, it's likely that Sanders is going to win New Hampshire. Um, and then what and then you have to think about Nevada. So let's say it's a split decision, which
1: happens February 22nd, by right, the way. Number,
0: that's a number three primary. So let's say it's a split decision. Biden narrowly wins Iowa. Uh, Sanders wins New Hampshire, as expected, then Nevada becomes really important. Uh, And again, let's, you know, once again, Nevada looks a little bit more like the rest of the country than these two very white um, states.
1: Even if 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 uh, Biden were to take Iowa, um, 45 percent of the voters, according to the latest poll there, said they could be swayed to another candidate. If I'm Mike Bloomberg and I hear that, I'm thinking maybe I stay in this race.
0: Yeah. So I. Bloomberg – I mean my understanding of Bloomberg – and by the way, I I was surprised that Brad Tusk – as you were. um, That he
1: said that. He was much more
0: forthright than you ever – than sort of politicians or their spokespeople really ever are, which I thought was refreshing. It was refreshing being on the other side of the table. I uh, thought that was refreshing. While you were um, hobnobbing with the 0.01 percent in Davos, (laughs) uh, Jen Rogers uh, capably filled your shoes and we did talk about Mike Bloomberg um, and what his um, you know, what his plan seems to be and where he seems to be heading, he's actually really making interesting traction. So he has gone from almost nothing in the polls, I mean, at the time he announced, to around – now this is at the national level again um, – to around 10 percent. Um, and in some polls, he's higher than Buttigieg at the national level. He's not campaigning in these early primary states, so he's really not part of this discussion we're having. And he hasn't
1: been part of a debate. And he it's hasn't been part of a debate His and he won't, and he won't time. be because
0: he's not taking any uh, funding. Right. So he's never going to qualify by that measure, which means he'll never get into a televised debate. So where's he going with all this? I, so, I, I mean, the, the idea seems to be that he's the backup. He considers himself the, the backup plan for the Democrats if they uh, seem to be on their way to nominating Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren.
1: Well, what so I was... what happens
0: if, if it, it is Biden? Um, the most interesting thing Bloomberg has said to my mind is... Is even if he ends up not being the candidate or even in the race, he's still going to spend a shit ton of money to get a Democrat elected. Right.
1: Well, yeah. And let's can talk about that money. Behind.
0: Talk about how much money we're the amount of money we're talking here about here. He said one billion dollars, and then later reports are up to two billion dollars. Um,
1: and about all, causes, he'll all, he'll throw behind causes he cares about, right? Gun violence, climate change—that's what—and he'll go with the candidate. Who who you know backs what he believes in?
0: One billion, you know, we talk about dollar figures. Um, you know, at the at the government level, one billion dollars is kind of nothing. Mm. But for all the money in politics, one billion dollars is a ton of money. Of course, um, it's more than every donor from every source spent to get Hillary le- uh, Clinton elected in two thousand sixteen. So that was like six hundred and fifty million dollars, and one guy is saying, "I'm going to spend even more than that." Even if I don't get elect. the nomination, even if I don't get the <laughs> right, nomination. Right. Well, so that I is spoke- a that is a decisive that is a transformative amount of money.
1: Oh, the majority of CEOs I spoke with in Davos in Davos for the World Economic Forum felt that the only formidable uh, opponent to Trump would be Mike Bloomberg. They so- did. What do they think about Biden? They were lukewarm. In fact, he really wasn't much part of the conversation. They definitely made clear that they felt if Sanders were to win the nomination, we would see, and they use these words, the stock market would crash. (laughs) It would be horrible for the economy. I mean, no surprise given the folks that I was talking to. And these are American CEOs? American CEOs. Can you name
0: any of them? Or were these like off-the-record yeah, discussions? So no, no, or? no.
1: They're they're all there uh, with all of our um, interviews that we did at the World Economic Forum. Andy Soror and I hosted two hours of live programming every day. So we had CEOs, everybody from the CEO of Marriott, Tyson Foods, Cisco. And when we, we asked each of them, and in fact, many of them had a breakfast with President Trump uh, one of the mornings they were there. Mm-hmm. And their takeaway was say what you will about President Trump, but we think he's going to get reelected. Because the status quo is OK. We keep saying this time and time again. Stock market looks good. They rattled off all the reasons why unemployment at a 50-year low. And when we asked them about the Democrats, uh, when when we pushed them about who would actually be a, a real opponent to him, they said it would be Bloomberg. So many of them also, might I say, have relationships, working relationships with Michael Bloomberg over the years as CEO. Yeah.
0: Um, that's interesting. Um, plus, what CEOs probably are not real eager to say publicly is they are gaga about the Trump tax cuts. I mean, they got a bigger tax cut under Trump than they ever could have wished for. Uh, and they're oh, even Biden, faded now. That's even faded. Biden has said, um, uh, well, it's fading. But I mean, the, tax, the the lower tax rate remains in effect. And True. Um, they've been able look what they've been able to do. I mean, we know where most of the savings from the tax cut have been spent not on um, business investment or business spending. Most of it has gone to dividend increases and buybacks, which CEOs love because that makes their shareholders happy. So shareholders love them. I mean, life is great in uh, corporate America. Um, I think CEOs, CEOs seem surprisingly dumb to me about politics sometimes. Um, and everybody has, everybody has dismissed Joe Biden. And I wonder why. Everybody assumes he's going to flame out or, by the way, I should make some use of these dolls. There's Joe. Look at how trim and experienced oh, he is. I mean, he's goodness. very reassuring with his
1: finger. <laughs> he does look very Bernie fit Bernie Sanders there.
0: inspires panic.
1: That's yeah. why
0: this doll looks panicky. I'm not even going to raise the Elizabeth Warren doll. Doesn't deserve,
1: um, deserve to be raised now. Uh-oh.
0: Everybody has been dismissing Joe Biden, and I don't know why they cannot see the polls that say he is still the frontrunner. He's basically been the frontrunner the whole time. Mm -hmm. And um, his lead has varied. So he's been up around 35 percent might have been the peak. And then he comes down to 28 percent. But he has always been in front of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And it's true that um, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are probably so they're both going for the same set of voters. So if you put the if you put them together, that looks like um, a number that is higher than Joe Biden's number. But Biden is also fighting with Pete Buttigieg mm-hmm. and Amy Klobuchar. Don't forget about her. And there are a few others. Andrew Yang. So um, Klobuchar is more of a centrist. So if she um, bails out, Biden would theoretically get her voters. If, if, would Biden me.
1: theoretically ask her to be on his ticket as VP? Let me just
0: say one more thing about Buttigieg. And hmm. I, so I think, it, you know, it's one of the things that is going to happen probably after these four contests is this field is going to get a lot narrower and um, people may not know this, but there are still around 12 m- major Democrats running for president. And we're probably going to get down to four or five at the most by the end of February um, and then comes Super Tuesday in March. And that will be definitive. So we can then get, we'll we can get down the Democrat, to pretty it much could be the down Democratic to four and then is. by three at that point. Right. Um, so if the polls hold as they um, are, the final four will be Biden, Sanders, Warren and Buttigieg. Uh, Amy Klobuchar does have a meaningful amount of support in the Midwest. Um, So I would guess that she would throw that to Biden as a kind of a traditionalist. Um, But you want to talk about the vice presidential sweepstakes. Um, I think Biden has to have a black candidate as vice president. I I think that he just must. Um, So if, if you buy that, it could be Cory Booker. Um, and it could be Kamala Harris and it could be could be somebody else we're not thinking of. But either one of them, I think, would be kind of a likely. I think
1: Kamala would be too fiery for Joe. <laughs> well, uh, I can see a Cory Booker Biden ticket. Um, you know, Kamala
0: Harris is so they had this. The sort of big, the one big moment of the Kamala Harris campaign was when she went after Joe Biden on busing.
1: Right, racism remember and, that. and busing. I and I do, you know, that. if
0: you had, you really had to be paying attention early on to even notice that. And when that happened, I mean, I think a lot of people were like, "What is she talking about?" Um, mm-hmm. um, white voters, anyway. Why wh- is busing an issue somewhere? I mean, it's really not. She I went mean, back to she was a little back girl decades, and had to. And I the sort of thought that that seemed to me like a weird. Thing For her to be sort of staking her candidacy on. And she flamed. I just don't think she got any traction with that. But I think that um, Joe Biden and Barack Obama actually were at each other's throats more than this in in 2008. And they patched it up. And God, Donald Trump has patched it up with people who used to be the worst critic, you know, his absolute worst critics. The man is unfit for office. Uh, Mike Pompeo said things to that effect. He's now secretary of state. I think it'd be very easy for Biden and Kamala Harris to patch it up and find a way to work together. I mean, she's um, she she's not um, her positions are not as clear cut as Elizabeth Warren. So she's more fungible to my mind. Mm-hmm. And I think she could fit right into a, a Biden administration. And then you can also ask um, what. Uh, who would, uh, if a Biden president, presidency, who would be his cabinet members? And that would be the opportunity to really um, put some great women and minorities into cabinet-level positions. So to my mind, Amy Klobuchar and Kamala Harris, both highly qualified to be attorney general. Yep, but, you know, sure. when you're running for president, you don't say, well, you have to say who your vice presidential pick is, but you don't say – um, yeah. here's some my attorney general nominations. Me, that's getting way ahead of yourself. I guess you can hint at it. So, um, but don't it think you're be... going to see
1: Mike Bloomberg pop in as VP. Even Brad Tusk said he's not interested no in chance. that. no yeah. chance. He would want to be top dog or no dog at all. Uh, Although right. maybe he might take a cabinet position. You never know well, what, if it was the right uh, so cause.
0: Bloomberg, let's say Bloomberg really is a kingmaker and he puts a ton of money behind a Biden candidacy. Um, Treasury secretary. Sure. Or secretary of state. I think he'd be qualified for either.
1: Will impeachment be part of this, do you think, for the voters? I mean, because we know that the Democrats made sure the trial got underway before anybody walked into that first caucus.
0: Yes. So uh, to just folk narrow this down. So I think what we will learn from the four early primaries is where voters headed on health care national program Mm -hmm. or stick with uh, private insurance and enhance it a little bit. Um, I'm very interested in how the vote turns out by – By income level, Um, so are are working class voters going more for Bernie Sanders, blow everything up and start over, or Joe Biden, let's get back to basics? And are the are the polls anywhere? um, Are are the polls at all accurate? Accurate, I mean, it's a legitimate question after 2016. Um, What we will not learn for primaries are not going to tell us who the ultimate nominee is going to be. We'll get some hints. But I will be very surprised if there's a clear front runner after the uh, first four primaries, unless it's Biden. That I'd be least surprised mm-hmm. by that. Um, on my list of what we're not going to learn is the economy helping Trump or not. Uh, that's going to be Too a Huge question as we get to you know we're gonna, well it depends what the economy's like in uh, October. True. And then what you just raised um, is impeachment really going to hurt Donald Trump um, as we sit here. It appears uh, John Bolton may end up having his say before the Senate votes. Um, we talked earlier uh, or maybe last year about some wild, possible wild cards in the election. But remember, said, We said John, wh- what John Bolton has to say, whether it's in testimony or in his book, Or both. We're probably going to know in 2020. And that is one of the wild cards hanging out there. Of course, the former
1: National Security Advisor. Yeah. So we're going to learn a lot more in the coming weeks. You and I will be here with some guests as well. Finally, some voting. (laughs) Breaking it down and (laughs) moving towards clarity. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening to this electionomics podcast. Be sure to catch us next time and follow me at Alexis TV News. And me at
0: Rick J. Newman.